0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. Today is Thursday, March 4th, 2021. Today, we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter more about alcoholism, and we're at page 41, reading the second paragraph. It begins with, as soon as I regained. We're reading one paragraph only. Today's readers on Team Thursday are Lauren N., Melissa G., Harlan G., Margaret D., Janice P.M., Susan H., and Leslie W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, March 3rd is 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 16,505, that's 16,505, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time recording is 16,000. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lauren N. to read the 12 Steps.
1: Good morning, all. Lauren N. from New York, Compulsive Breeder Sugar addict, recovered for today, yay. 12 steps, we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 4 made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves 5 admitted to God to ourselves and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs 6 were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character character 7 humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings 8 made a list of persons all persons we had harmed and made and became willing to make amends to them all nine made direct amends to such people whenever possible except when to do so would injure them or others ten continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with god as we understood him praying only for the knowledge of our of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12 having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Lauren N. I'll now ask Melissa
0: G. to read the 12 traditions.
2: Hi, this is Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend OA names to any related facilities or outside enterprise. Let problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from a primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non professional Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media and communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, have a great meeting.
0: Thanks so much. This is how our meeting works.
2: Our meeting focuses on
0: the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're reading the chapter more about alcoholism. We're on page 41, the second paragraph. I will ask Harlan G. to begin reading.
3: Thanks. I'm Harlan G. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. As soon as I regained my ability to think, I went carefully over that evening in Washington. Not only had I been off guard, I had made no fight whatever against the first drink. This time I had not thought of the consequences at all. I had commenced to drink as carelessly as though the cocktails were ginger ale. I now remembered that my alcoholic friends had told me what, sorry, what my alcoholic friends had told me. How they prophesied that if I had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come, I would drink again. They had said that though I did raise a defense, it would one day give way before some trivial reason for having a drink. Well, just that did happen and more. For what I had learned of alcoholism did not occur to me at all. I knew from that moment that I had an alcoholic mind. I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. I had never been able to understand people who said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. I knew then it was a crushing blow. Well, Again, this is step one. This chapter, more about alcoholism, is really uh, a reiteration of everything we've learned so far, going back all the way to the doctor's opinion. And what happens in my brain is different from what happens in the brain of a normal person. In a normal person, they take care of themselves excuse me, they don't destroy themselves with food. The reason that they don't destroy themselves with food is because food does not do for them what it does for me, and so food does not do to them what it does to me. Thousands and thousands of times, I would cry into the night about how fat I was, about how my life was getting destroyed, how I was the butt of jokes, how I had been emasculated physically and emasculated emotionally by this vicious disease, how people had embarrassed me and life was just getting beyond my wildest comprehension. I just could not, I could not comprehend why I was doing what I was doing. And although I can, I can tell you here in this forum of a vision for you that I was eating against my will, When I say that to normal people, they scratch their head and think I'm crazy. What do you mean you're eating against your will? I could not stop myself from the destructive nature of my eating. What manner of craziness I had in my head that caused me to destroy my own life, I wondered. I I thought, was I crazy? Just like Bill says, was I crazy? And there I was doing it yet again, because the pain of not eating is too much for me to bear. The pain of not eating, the buildup of human emotions, my lack of power, the pain of not eating was just too much for me to stand. And eating became preferable to where I was and I'd be off to the races again. And once I started eating, that physical allergy would take over and I could not stop. And when he talks about that mental blank spot, what that is is the built-in forgetter. The sidekick of the mental twist is the, the mental blank spot. I cannot remember, I cannot recall the destructive nature of the food and I eat it again, and Dr. Silkworth tells me in his opinion that we eat for an effect and that we will pursue this effect to the gates of insanity or death, that that effect was so elusive that I could not stop pursuing it. Well, today is Lois Wilson's birthday. I wanted to throw that in my share. She was born on March the 4th, 1891, and she's a very special person for our way of life. And with that, Jen, I will pass thank you for uh, allowing me to do service this morning. And thanks for your service as well. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Harlan G. All right. We value everyone's experience here, and we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share on what was read today?
1: Adriana T. Melissa,
0: Patrician. Adriana, Lauren, we and Adriana and Melissa, and Lauren, Liz E, Joel B, Joel
4: B, Joel Vasa O,
0: and Vasa,
4: Rita
1: Q, and
0: Lisa. All right, let's stop there. Um, Adriana, Melissa, Lauren, Liz, Joelle, Vasa, and Lisa, you're going to be our first lineup for this morning. If you'll just give the last, uh, the first initial of your last name and where you're calling from today um, when you get up to share your experience with strength and hope, that'd be great. Adriana, go right ahead.
5: Thanks, Jen. Good morning, everyone. This is Adriana T, recovered compulsive overeater in Detroit, Michigan. Um, So grateful to be here today and um, this paragraph really makes me think about, you know, how many times I, you know, fell into that mental blank spot and, you know, didn't even realize I was headed down the road of destruction again, you know, I was on another diet and things were going well and um, I thought surely I can have this or that. Uh, because I'm doing so well, I'm losing weight, and the, you know, reality um, didn't come into my mind that, well, if you take more calories in, you're surely going to gain more weight Um, or just, you know, the common sense things that uh, a normal eater would recognize, Um, but no, I, you know, would go through that same trap, and, you know, I guess as a newcomer, I would you know, now kind of look at this as like this hopelessness, like, well, if I can't, if I'm not in control of my mind, well, then how am I ever going to beat this thing? You know, and then we go on to find out that it truly is the grace of God and um, the actions we take to make ourselves available to that grace. That is what keeps us absent and um, builds this beautiful life for us. And um, when I think of uh, Fred's situation, I kind of think of um, you know when I just came to a couple meetings and thought I got this. You know, I don't need to work those steps, or um, I don't need to go to meetings all the time. You know, I don't I don't want to be crazy about this thing. You know, because I'm I'm normal. Um, I don't need to make this thing my whole life. Um, and then you know I again fell into the same thing. So. Um, I know today that, you know, what it really takes is being crushed by this disease enough to be humble enough to follow directions and to take these steps and to allow God to work in my life. Um, That really is the only solution I've found effective because I was, you know, I would say the bottom of the barrel and, you know, I couldn't imagine that I'd be where I am now and you know, I can
6: only thank the grace of God for that, but that'll pass me. Thanks,
0: Adriana T. from Detroit, Michigan. Up next is Melissa C., followed by
7: Lauren. Hello, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Jen. Thanks so much for your service. Good morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. Um, yeah, really, I really love this. Um, I love this whole chapter, but... I like this part um, because it really explains what it means to have an alcoholic mind, you know, and the mind of a compulsive overeater. And the objective, you know, like I think like they're really giving me very clear um, descriptions of what it means to have this mind because it's going to help me know, do I have this mind too, and if I do then I can't use my mind, <laughs> then, I, then I better, you know, because really the end of the chapter drives the point home that I'm going to need something bigger than me. So it, it, I love this because it tells me, um, well, I didn't love it then, but I love it now because I know the answer. But um, consequences don't work. Like it's telling me all the things that don't work. I can't stay on guard against it, you know, because I can't stay on guard against something that looks as harmless as ginger ale, right? And consequences don't work because I, I just put them right out of my mind. You know, when when the desire to eat comes in, the consequences just miraculously disappear from my mind. And I can't use willpower, right? It says I saw willpower and self-knowledge would not help. So I can't use my willpower and I can't use what I know, and and that's the description of having an alcoholic mind. I can't live within the boundaries of my own knowledge, and I can't apply my effort because my, my willpower just disappears. You know, and, and I, these stories, um, you know, if you have your own, that's awesome. I have, you know, and I have mine. Like I, on my honeymoon, I picked up something. I had been abstinent for years I knew not to eat that, but it looked harmless because I was on a honeymoon. I thought I could get away with it here It'd be fine, and i couldn't. It took me out for almost twenty years and then, because consequences don't work, I had been abstinent I got abstinent again many years later. I was on my way to recovery. I was working a program not I was entirely abstinent, but I wasn't entirely willing. And I still had an alcoholic mind, and I did the exact same thing years later, again on a vacation. Picked up the same exact thing, and so it tells me consequences don't work, willpower doesn't work, self knowledge doesn't work, you know. And it's a crushing blow. It is, a cr- and that's, and unfortunately or fortunately, that's what it takes for us because. My entire recovery will depend on my complete admission that I am broken. And thanks. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Melissa C. from New York City. Up next, we have Lauren, followed by Liz. Hello, Lauren. Hello,
1: Jen. Hello, visionaries. I am so grateful to have been here and be here every year when we, or every time we read this section of the book, you know, is it Fred? Is it Jim? Is it the Jaywalker? It's all of them because that's where my disease is. My disease is in this section and I am reminded every time we read it, but more importantly, I'm reminded every time from if I look back at my history, how many times I've done this. Lost 50 pounds when I was 20 and and took one bite and within seconds I was back up. Um, lost 100 pounds when I was 30, 35, and the same thing happened again and it was over and over and over again and not until i show up and with my with my knees on the floor and crawling into this room or a room and heard the message that was was put forth in this book hundreds of pounds up and down size 32 to down down to size 16 in my closet oh my god I thought every time I thought I can do this this time now I know I can't I never ever want to go back there again but thank God and thank God I remember right now And with the the help of everyone on this line and this message, I can remember like it was yesterday. I know where I have so much fear that I will just, if I stop doing all the steps that I'm supposed to do every day, that I will have one little bite. And I cannot, I know where I'll be if I pick up that one little bite. And it's that mental blank spot that I am so afraid of of coming back, and it's only because of this room here, you visionaries, my my lovely visionaries, that I'm able to remember one minute at a time where I'll be if I pick up that one little bite. Thank you for. My God that I now have a a higher power that I call God that helps me every day and a fellowship that has grown up around me to remind me of this when I forget. And lots of routine things, 10, 11, and 12 every day. Thank you all. And with that, I pass. Thank you,
0: Lauren. And up next is Liz, followed by Joelle. Good
8: morning, Liz. Good morning. Liz E. for Elegant Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Bristol in the United Kingdom. And thank you, Jen, and thank you, everybody, on this call. Um, I just couldn't do it without you. Um, and I really want to encourage, because, people who haven't shared, get on the line and share. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Um, I just ask God to speak through me. And what am I going to say today is what stood out for me. I've never been able to understand people who said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. I knew then it was a crushing blow. And for me, I guess, That really crushing blow came about this time last year when I first started coming to vision meetings. The first time I really understood that this was a twist of my mind and that I've got this mental forgetter. And this crushing blow that on one hand, it's really amazing to have an understanding about what my disease is, but then it is a really crushing blow that actually this has to be my way of life. But with that, you quickly move on. There is hope in this program. There is joy in this program. And you get to recovery. And the way I've worked these steps with my amazing sponsor is getting there within about three months, four months. And wow, I am living today in the most amazing recovery. But I've had to learn very hard
9: lessons.
8: And um, I've been caught off guard many times. And you know, I've gone through decades of binging and eating. I've even done one of those mad diets where you lose a lot of weight and waking up finding myself in a hospital needing an urgent operation the operation went wrong i found myself in intensive care that's what this disease of compulsive overeating did to me and at my at that time my daughter was 3 years old and i'm in intensive care and the first thing, my first thoughts were when can I get to that vending machine in the hospital to buy the chocolate bars? What, who in their right mind would be lying in intensive care, not thinking that kind of thing? This disease kills. And um, it's just um, the consequences. Like somebody else said, they weren't enough for me. They just were never, ever, ever enough. And, but today I am full of hope and um, joy and just so, so grateful. And thank you, I'll leave it there.
0: Thanks Liz E from Bristol, UK. Up next we have Joelle followed by Vasa.
10: Good morning everybody and thank you for being there for me. I see this chapter so familiar. I not not only was off guard, but I was out of my mind. Everywhere I went, I would look for the vending machine, and I would uh, uh, push the button for not just one, but two or three things in there. And um, one of the things that I see is, the disease it's such a killer that I was so used to feeling sick, heartburn and acid, you know, acid indigestion and weight gain all my life and I thought that's how it has to be. that That was normal for me to be belching, to be Feeling bad, and I couldn't do it, I couldn't do it with dieting, I couldn't do it with anything because some of the diets I was on allowed me to eat the wrong thing, the carbs or you know the the, the piece of cake because it was all it was small. I am a victim of one more piece, and I can't do that, and I haven't done that for three days and straight and I feel so much better I feel lighter I feel more energetic and I am blessed beyond blessing because I know now that I have a super uh super awareness of the Lord and um with that I shall pass thank you for being here Before you
0: go, Joelle, can you uh, give us the initial of your last name and where you're calling from today?
10: Oh, Joelle B. from Illinois. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: wonderful. No, great. Thanks for getting on the line this morning with us. Keep coming back.
2: Yes, thank All right, you.
0: that was mm-hmm, Joelle B. from Illinois. Up next, we have Vasa O. followed by Lisa. Good morning to you, Vasa.
4: Good morning, Jen. Can you hear me?
0: I can go right ahead.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jen A, for your service. Namvasa. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from poor Charlotte, Florida. Wow. And again, this brings me back to step one. My memories when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, um, I had been battling the food ad- addiction for many, many, many years. And when I came to OA, it was my last stop. I I was so I I was just so separate I was so desperate and uh, and I am all of you and you are all me and that's why I need to keep coming and to be reminded of this deadly deadly disease and uh, I've shared many many times before um, it was crushing blow for me to find out I had a disease and I had the allergy and uh, I you know all the willpower and self knowledge i used over the years it just did not help me i could put the food down maybe for a little bit and but i i could never keep it down i always picked it up and and uh, it became progressive progressive over the years to the point i just could not even put the food down not even for for one day you know and uh, and i Believe my higher power brought me to OA because I prayed. I prayed to God, which that was not, I hardly ever did that. I remember praying to God and saying, If you are out there, God, please help me, show me where you are. I didn't even know anything about the food addiction. I I didn't know. I just did not know what I didn't know. And not too long after that, I was brought into Oviators Anonymous. And that was the answer to my problem, you know, the food addiction my life being unmanageable with the food and everything else because I tried to manage everything by myself. It was exhausting. So it was a blow, a crash blow on my, on my mind, but it was a good one because I, I heard the solution after all those years that I'd been looking for the solution. And I was really I'm a, I was excited to find out what my problem was. There was a name for it. And I didn't even know what it was. So the name was, I had a food addiction and I had the body allergy with a mental obsession. I'm not saying it was really easy, you know, but I was easy to, to surrender. I, was, I mean, for me, that part was easy to surrender to a power greater than myself, but to follow through and to work, and to work the programs and do whatever the people did before me But I was so desperate, I didn't want to die. So that's my time, and thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Keep coming, please, the newcomers, keep coming, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa O. And before you get started, Lisa, let me just remind people where we're at, because we're going to take some more names after you share with us. Today, we're um, in the chapter more about alcoholism. We're resuming our study on page 41. The second paragraph, just that one, that starts with As soon as I regained. And uh, Lisa,
9: go right ahead. Lisa, press star one. Well, maybe I didn't hear Elisa. Lisa.
0: Well, Lisa, if you're lost out there, we'll try and get you back in. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and take another lineup of readers today. If you'd like to read uh, and share on what was read today, press star one.
11: B, B.
12: Susan L. B. Patricia Ann. Susan,
0: Susan
2: Nichi L. Debbie L. Katie K- Sorry,
12: can you go back?
0: Debbie L. That's Okay, let's go back. We have Pete B and then Susan and somebody else said their name and I didn't write as fast as you said it. Try again.
6: Katie T. Debbie Yes. Debbie L. Okay, perfect. Okay. So I have Pat- Pete,
0: Susan, Christoph Katie, L. Debbie,
9: Patricia Christoph. Ann. And we'll try for Patricia Ann. That's it. All right, let's stop there.
0: Thanks everybody for your help. All right, so I have Pete, Susan, Katie, Deb, Kristoff, and Patricia Ann. So let's start
9: off with Pete B. Good morning to you, Pete.
11: Go ahead and press star one. Wow, I keep on getting magically muted. Hi, uh, uh, Pete <laughs> B, compulsively, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. And uh, I always dig the story about Fred, like, you know, like what I like about Fred is that he's a fucking asshole, just like I'm a fucking asshole that nobody's going to tell him that he can't control this condition that he has, right. And the the, the thing about Fred is what, you know, what makes what, what Fred is similar to me in this, right? Fred, Fred is seeking an effect produced by alcohol, just like I saw an effect produced by alcohol. And guess who else gets an effect produced by alcohol? Men and women. All people get an effect produced by alcohol, just like all people get an effect produced by food, right? What that, so that, that's not what makes me similar to What makes me similar to Fred, what Fred and I have is an abnormal reaction that occurs in my body that doesn't occur in the normal average drinker or eater. And that's, what's the, that's, the, common, that's the thing that we have in common. That's the, that's the one characteristic that supposedly all of us that have this condition have in common. All of the other mental things that come along with it, the reasons why he drank, whether it was a good day or a bad day, they all vary they all vary they vary in every single one of us we may think that they're common but they vary in, you know some people drink because they burnt their toast other people drink because they burnt their house down some people eat because you know they 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 have blue eyes some people eat because they have brown eyes who it's all it's all different as to why the why right but this is the thing that I like to call out which is super important because Fred because Fred had access to all of the heavy hitters right like these are the these are the founders of the program who have communicated this information to him, both before he drank and after he drank. They gave him all, they gave it straight, the, straight from the horse's mouth. They gave him all the information. And you know what he said? Thanks for the information. This is going to help me. But what, 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 what was the, the kicker for him is that he, he was dealt the crushing blow. Right? Regardless of how eloquent we are and the passionate stories we have and all of the supporting information and all of the documentation that we could provide, food is the deciding factor, man. Like it's, you know, like all of the things I knew about this condition, right, the thing that convinced me were, were all natural dry roasted nuts and a pint of the best Ben and Jerry's ice cream you could, finally, you could ever get, right? I was dealt the crushing blow. And that's, the unfortunately, the nature of the condition. Good for you if you can get it through, you know, you know be communicated and relate your experiences and then come to that con- conclusion. Unfortunately, I was like Fred. It took every single bite I ever took. It took every pint of Ben and Jerry's, every Dunkin' Donut, every Mrs. Fields cookie that it took to make me understand that I will never, ever, ever assemble a mental defense. I will never, ever, ever find human power. I will never, ever find a solution to this problem other than entire abstinence and pursuing and growing and developing spiritually. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks,
9: Pete B. from PA. Up next, we have Susan followed by Katie. Good morning, Susan. Susan, press star one, please. Hi, thank you, everyone. Sorry about that. I thought I had press star one. I just wanted to say um, that I
13: needed to claim my seat. Susan, can you tell me, yeah,
0: the first initial of your last name and where you're calling from today, please? Thanks.
13: Um, L from Florida.
0: Susan L from Florida. Thank you.
13: Okay, I just wanted to um, claim my seat and say thank you to everyone for this service and say that I can really relate to this, that I was completely, um, you know, indefensible of this illness. I had years and years of self-knowledge. I am um, currently 58 years old. I came into this OA program when I was 17, and I, so I've had 40 or more years of um, the 12 steps, 40 or more years of meetings. Um, 40 or more years of sponsors, and I still um, would pick up. I would come in, have success, I guess, like Fred, and think I knew it all and didn't need you, and then I would pick up because, I guess, of the mental block that I hear so many people talk about and I read about in this big book. I didn't, for me, this is just for me, I I knew in my heart and my brain and in my big toe and in my fingers what this disease was. I thought I understood it. And when I had success and when I was abstinent in this program and doing what they told me to do, I was fine. The minute I got that thought in my head, whether it was for me, it would always start off, my history tells me that it would start off with something like croutons on a salad. And I'd be like, one day I didn't eat croutons on a salad for two years. And one day I decided to have them. And I thought, huh, it's okay. It's just croutons on a salad. It's my wedding. It's my birthday. It's a Tuesday. It didn't matter. From the croutons on the salad, I went to bigger and better things until I was completely, again, devastated. For whatever reason, my brain, as smart as I think I am, didn't make the connection that, A, the croutons were the gateway drug for me, if you will, um, into bigger and better things. And that also, when I was eating the bigger and better things, I was obese, yet I would look at the food on the plate and I would not make that connection. The connection was, if you eat this, you will get bigger. If you drink this, you will get drunk. If you continue to eat this, you will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, for me, my story, you know, had a lot of other things besides OA mixed in, a lot of pain ways, a lot of pills, and two bariatric surgeries. And here I am 40 years later, at seven thirty in the morning, in a room with people I don't know, having to say that this disease <clears throat> nearly killed me, and that after forty years I'm still here, and I'm grateful for that. I also know, just for me, just this is again just how I think that just because I've had this success again, you know, my weight is normal now. I don't eat croutons on my salad. I go to meetings every day. I talk to people every day. Um, it could come back. I could walk out of this room right now and go right back, and that mental blank spot that says, don't eat, you'll get fat, The lights, that whatever that switch is, it doesn't exist for me. So I'm so grateful to know that I'm here in this room, but I'm also with a thousand other people on this line this morning that have the same disease, and I do not walk alone. And for that and many other things, I am grateful, and thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Susan L. from Florida. We're glad you're here too. Thanks for your share this morning. Up next, we have Katie followed by Deb. Good morning, Katie.
14: Good morning. This is Katie T. in South Carolina, recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the italicized part of this um, report. Not only had I been off guard, I had made no fight whatever against the first drink. You know what? I came into OA in the 1970s and I came in because I recognized that my eating was the same as my husband's alcoholism. And so I, we didn't have the internet then. I went to my therapist and asked her if she could research how to get in touch with OA. I would read about it in Dear Abby, Dear Ann Landers or something back in the day. And uh, they sent a starter kit and uh, some contacts in Montana where I was living at the time. And another woman and I started up a meeting and we did not have a clue what this program was about or how to get free. But still, I lost quite a bit of weight. I had a wonderful time. And then it all fell apart. Um, I've been in and out of OA for, let's see, I was in my early 30s then. I'm 76 now. So if we do the math, it's 40-some years. In and out, including 10 years out at one point. Um, and I got tired of fighting. This This word, I had made no fight whatever against the first drink. I fought food for most of my life. I mean, it didn't just start when I looked up OA. It was back into at least my teens. Um, so I just want to share a little bit about italics and about fighting. Um when I was uh, working with a Sponsee a few days ago, and we came to the um, to the last page in of the chapter of working with others, and there are italics there. After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only a symbol. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to see that exclamation point at the end. And I thought to myself, I wonder if that's the only place in the book. This is my teacher coming up, um, where there's italics and an exclamation point. So I actually flipped through it. And the only other exclamation point with italics is where uh, Jim takes a drink. the foolish idea that he could take whiskey, whiskey if only he mixed it with milk. exclamation point. So you know, on fighting, there's another uh, quote in here that's about fighting, and that's on page 84, where it's in step 10. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone even alcohol all this together said some real important things to me is that fighting is of no use to us um we need a a fight when we're fighting something we think we have the power to overcome it right if i'm i'm fighting for my life i'm thinking I, i at least have a chance you know when i'm fighting and, and to come into this program and to see that the fight needs to be replaced by surrender, the exact opposite. I mean, the white flag, as opposed to getting all your weapons out and starting slicing and dicing people across from you. And what a relief. What a beautiful thing. I surrender. I let God do it. I cooperate with God, that it's God's power that's being used. So I'm, I'm done fighting you know it's 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 over and i suggest y'all stop fighting too and, and get busy surrendering there's a neat uh, special edition uh called compliance versus surrender there's it's in the title that i would suggest anyone read who's having difficulties as i did and that's all i have to share thank you
0: thank you Katie T from South Carolina up next we'll have Deb followed by Christoph good morning Deb
9: Good morning. This is Debbie L. from Florida. I am a um, compulsive overeater and bulimic. And i um, grateful to be here and grateful for all your shares and grateful for your service. Um, quite emotional. Um, I, uh, I'm new to the program. And um, although I have been a compulsive overeater, um, the earliest recollection is about six or seven years old, and I'll be sixty-five in September. <sighs> I have um, lived this every minute of my life. Uh, this moment of back and forth, ups and downs, um, being being abstinent, um, feeling good, uh, loving every minute of it, and knowing the feeling of freedom and then taking that one piece, that one little touch, that taste. And hearing the shares today and hearing the reading reminds me, doesn't even remind me. It's the first time I think I ever got it. I'm powerless. What's wrong? And... And I um I I I need to rely on my higher power to get me through this. That I have no control over my eating, and I'm just so thankful to be here and for this moment. So with that, I pass.
0: Debbie L from Florida, we're so thankful that you're here too. Thanks for getting on the line this morning, being vulnerable and sharing with us today. Keep coming back. Kristoff, you're up next, followed by Patricia Ann. Oh God.
2: Uh, Debbie, Christoph go ahead and press star L. one.
15: Hi, I'm Christoph Elf. I'm from Pennsylvania, recovered compulsive overeater the thing that got me today about this reading is that i um before i came into the program i used to i used to think a lot about the uh the mental defense against the first bite and i was uh, before i even knew of oa i was i was thinking um i was thinking about self knowledge i didn't ever think that it would fix anything but uh it was it was definitely something on my mind self knowledge of my condition i remember walking through a supermarket on a monday morning my wife was out of town and i was off to uh, the supermarket buying things and i was going to eat them all in the, in the car in the parking lot and i was walking through the supermarket and i said to myself well this is this is really this is really bad this is really crazy um to walk around in the supermarket on a Sunday morning, 9 a.m., and buying cake and cookies and ice cream, and I thought to myself, you know what? At least I know what I'm doing. And thinking back, I, I'm not sure what that what that helped or how that even made me feel any better. Because um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure that that helped anything, or that you know, what, what's the difference if I know what I'm doing or not? You know, or you know it it didn't help me then and it wouldn't help me now you know it just it just it was just completely useless to me to know that i had this problem and to know you know that that i was doing what i was doing and so you know i was very fortunate when i came to oa when i learned about oa on a monday evening um and on tuesday evening i went to my first meeting and i never I was very fortunate never to really um question the integrity of the program and of the people that I was I was uh given this program from and um so I'm really thankful for that. Um I understand that is not part of everyone's story. It's just like the person we read about today was thinking, you know, hey, this is uh, you know, I I can do this and um it's it's great that they have the solution and um it looks like they they're on to something um and you know being close to this this program for me being close to the to the concepts of this program and and always placing high importance on these things and on these principles is of of really great importance for me to to stay with this and to 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 stick with my recovery and to really never forget what this is going to do to me if i if i pick up these things and um, with that i'll just i'll just pass and hope everyone has a great meeting thanks for letting me share and thanks for your service
0: thanks christoph l from uh, pa and up next we have patricia ann you'll be our last share today
6: thank you thank you so much um all i know is that the. It's no, it's not a coincidence that my sponsor had given me this more about alcoholism in the Laurie um, recording last night or yesterday, for me to listen to, or or the day before for me to listen to. How we're on this chapter right now, and I'm listening to that at the same time, um, and it's just beautiful. But one thing that I I I have to point out in the here is that I. Remember what my friends had told me, how they prophesied that if I had an alcoholic mind that the time and place would come. I didn't make friends with people with my same disease. I didn't make friends. So, therefore, I had like, because I did go through these steps before with vision, and that person that sponsored me, or a couple of different people, actually, because I did it a couple of times because i couldn't I kept falling going back um those that was my friend that was like the only person that i I listened to, but then you know get off of the meetings and get off away from the sponsor and you've got all my hundreds of other friends that are telling me that I can have just a little or I can just you can you know eat it you know sometimes a couple of times a week, blah 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 whatever you know so that was that that to me is one of my One of my issues was not connecting to people that are like my, like me, you know, that have this disease, that understand the phenomenon of craving, that understand the mental blank spots that I believe only God can help me with, um, that understand this, you know, and I knew from that moment that I had the alcoholic mind and that's where I'm at. It's like, I am not like my friends. They don't have this disease. You know, so I can't even talk about this disease to them. One of my friends just told me the other day, she's like, you know, if if, if somebody put a gun to your head and told you, if you take one more bite, I'm going to blow your head off, she goes, you would put down that bite. And I thought about that, you know, and, and then she went on just or talking no about herself. Pardon? Is my time up? No, keep going, Patricia Ann. Oh. Um, yeah, so she's talking about this, you know, that if if somebody put a gun to a drinker's head and said, you take one more drink and I'm going to blow your head off. Did stop, did stop drinking. And later on after she left me, I thought about which because I said, so that you're talking, you're saying it's a freedom of choice. And she's like, yeah, it's a freedom of choice. And I'm like, okay. So I got to thinking about this and I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, no, no, that's not me. Not, no, in my disease, it would be like, take me out then. You know what I mean? I would be eating and it would be like I have no limit to how much I eat until I am so hurting that I can't move. Take me out. I don't want to live like this. See, so what she was talking about, I got to, you know, it's like, no, no, you'd have to blow my head off. And it's like that is, that's scary for me. You know, that's really scary. I'm just grateful I'm on three weeks three weeks of uh, abstinence, and I'm working with a sponsor, and I'm listening to meetings, and I'm calling people, and I'm... Yeah, anyways, thank you, and I passed. Patricia Ann, what's the first initial of your
0: last name, and where are you calling from today, please? Oh, I'm Patricia Ann um, M. from Florida. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking us out today. We appreciate you. All right, well, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us today. Um, for a second unrecorded hour of study followed immediately um, at the closing. The share ID for today, let me get that for you, Thursday, March, uh, on the 7 a.m. meeting Eastern Standard Time today is going to be 16,516. That's 16516. That's the share ID for today. So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice P.M. please read A Vision for You? Thank you.
12: Yes, thank you, Jen. Janice P.M. from Boston, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.